From the Financial Times in New York, I'm Amy Keene, and this is FT News. In the run-up to the U.S. midterm elections this year, Democratic groups have registered a substantial increase in the number of women planning to run for office. The FT's Courtney Weaver joins me from Washington, D.C., and she's just written a feature on this very topic for the Financial Times. So, Courtney, there is a political group called Emily's List that backs female candidates running for office. They've been around for a while, but why don't you start by telling us what they do, what their mission is, and the kind of interest that they've had from female candidates running for office in this particular election cycle? Sure. Emily's List, it's not a new organization. Like you said, it's a a political action committee, and they support women who are pro-choice and who are basically who are Democrats running for office on uh, liberal platforms. And I started talking to them about a year ago now, just because they noticed this significant uptick in women who were coming to them saying that they wanted to run for office. So in the previous election cycle, the 2016 election cycle, they got about 920 women approached them to say that they were planning to run for some office, either on the national level or on the local level or state level. And then when I spoke to them last May, they said that 12,000 people had approached them this cycle, which was obviously a big uptick. And since then, that number has increased to 34,000. So these aren't people who are necessarily going to run. They're not all necessarily running for, for Congress or for president, but it's, it's really a significant uptick. And it basically points to this broader phenomenon that we're seeing, which is that women seem to be saying they want to run for office in bigger numbers. Mm-hmm. And just to put some context to that 34,000 figure, these are people who have expressed interest in running but are not necessarily sort of have done the official filing of paperwork to be in a race. Is that correct? Exactly. And Emily's list has not endorsed all of those candidates. It's it's important to add as well. But basically, this is sort of something similar that we've seen even in, you know, in the congressional races. We have the November midterms coming up in just a few months. And you're just seeing a lot more women running for office. And people are linking this, obviously, to a few different things. One thing is obviously the election of Donald Trump. Um, It's mostly Democratic women that we're seeing running for office in larger numbers. So a lot of female candidates I spoke to, for instance, said they were kind of angered by Trump's comments during the campaign and before the campaign, the things he had said about women, you know, this famous Access Hollywood video, these allegations of affairs and that sort of thing. I think a lot of people also were disappointed by the loss of Hillary Clinton and the fact that they had come so close to seeing a a female president in the U.S. and that moment had kind of slipped away and they felt like it was up to them to grab the baton. And then I think the third strand is the, the Me Too movement, obviously, and that's only been obviously in the past six months, but it does feel like more women feel a need now to basically to share their experiences of either harassment or discrimination or assault and to be more open and to kind of take a stand and use their voice. So that movement is kind of colliding with this phenomenon as well. Right. So a much broader movement taking place that's motivating many of these women to run for office. Uh, And you, you could sort of argue that the inflection point began with the election of Donald Trump and has continued since that moment. Tell us about some of the women you met with that have decided to run. Sure. So one of the women I spoke to was a Mary Barzi Flores, and she is a candidate for Congress in Florida. And she is running for Congress in a district in Florida that's currently held by a Republican congresswoman who is retiring. But Hillary Clinton won that district by a double-digit margin in 2016. So it seems pretty likely that a Democrat will take that seat in November based on current polling. It's just not clear whether it will be Ms. Flores or someone else because there's still a Democratic primary. But one thing that was interesting about her was when she did her first one of her first ad campaigns last year, she chose to talk about an experience she had as a teenager when she was working at a local pizza hut in Florida. 
And she had started working there after her father died. You know, she was trying to make more money for her family. And there was a story with the manager and his wife were skimming the books. And she basically reported them, both of them to Pizza Hut and the manager's wife got fired. And one night she says he, the manager, followed her into the big walk-in cooler in the restaurant. He grabbed her, he backed her into the shelving and said, if you're going to get rid of my wife or if you're going to take her place, you're going to have to perform all her duties. And she said it was an experience she hadn't you know, told anyone about at the time. And she's in middle age now. And only years later did she start to share it. And she felt like it was important to share it in the campaign because, you know, so many women have gone through some similar experience, maybe not exactly the same, but had something like this happen to them that they were also afraid to share. And I think it's just so interesting right now. You mean, this is something we've seen in a couple campaigns, this election cycle. And I just think you wouldn't have seen that before the Me Too movement took off. And Courtney, can we compare this to any moment in, in recent American political history? So so the year that people are mentioning is 1992, which you'll remember was the year after the Anita Hill hearings on Capitol Hill when Clarence Thomas was being nominated to the Supreme Court. Clarence Thomas obviously was confirmed in the end, despite Miss Hill's allegations. And I think a lot of women felt frustrated by that. So that year was the year we saw the highest number of women join the U.S. House of Representatives. 24 women joined the House. And I, I think at that time, people thought, you know, oh, we're going to see so much more women in office now, especially in Congress, especially in the highest office. But really, since then, it's it's stabilized a bit. So now I think people are wondering, you know, are we going to see a similar spike this year in November? And will that continue? Or is this just going to be a temporary blip? And the one thing that that all of these women have in common is that they are running as Democrats. Is there anything similar happening on the right? Are we seeing any kind of similar movement among Republican women? I mean, there are definitely women obviously running for public offices, especially uh, one state you're seeing this in is Arizona, where you have a number of high profile women running for senior senior roles there, either governor or Senate, Congress. But generally what people are saying is this is a phenomenon that we're mostly seeing on the left so far, but that could obviously change as we get closer to November. You can read Courtney's full piece on FT.com. The headline is Me Too Generation Faces Electoral Test in U.S. Thanks, Courtney. Thanks, Amy. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.